1: This is Monica Perez, your Libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Talking about the most important issue of the week, our story of the week, or stories of the week. And this week we have the primaries, the uh, primaries here in Georgia. But uh, even I know a lot of people listen on the Internet, including my mom. Hi, mom. Um, And my sisters. Uh, I want. What we're about to talk about um, is local, but it has such far-reaching implications for our entire system. Uh, so I love to have this guest on. I rarely, rarely have guests, and uh, I only do so if I think it can really make a difference locally. So this guest is the uh, founder and or one of the founders of VoterGA.org, Garland Fevrito. Hi, Garland. How you doing?
0: Monica, thank you. It's an honor to be back on your show again. I, I really appreciate the fact that you know that you talk about things that no other show talks about, and I'm really grateful to both you and WSB for letting that happen.
1: Oh yes, I know they 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 let it happen. It doesn't always happen, but they let it happen. I want you know what I've never done before Garland and um. I have so many things that I want to pick your brain over. I literally have a list of like 10 things. So I, um, I just want a sentence or two on anything that can be boiled down into a sentence or two. Can you tell me um, just briefly what is it, your background and, and what is Voter GA and why do you do it?
0: Yeah, I sure can. And then I have some interesting things about the Russians that we were talking about. That's there.
1: great. But let's launch right into you're... that. Tell us about yourself uh, but, and then let's go.
0: Yeah. so my background is I'm an uh, information technology professional. I have uh, specialized in a variety of disciplines, uh, business systems analysis, data administration, and uh, information security. Um, and uh, as you said, i co-founder of Voter GA, which was founded back in 2006, and that's a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization, all-volunteer. Um, and uh, we uh, do different legal things from time to time, as um, and that's kind of our our focus in trying to hold um, government officials accountable and you uh, get to the law. And and uh,
1: I had a guest on for the same reason. the Local important organization Georgia Carry uh, Jerry Henry is the I, I think he is the founder. Um, And he said that he brought their organization, brought Georgia, you would have thought Georgia gun laws were always great, but they brought him from, I think, like in a national ranking from 44th to third because of their hard work. And I feel like uh, I think your your goal was to bring Georgia from worst to first. And I want to help you.
0: I know, and you've been very, very helpful, Monica, in getting the word out and everything that we're trying to do so I, I I really, really appreciate that and It's it's an insurmountable task probably to get from worst to first. but if we could even get halfway up the list, that would be a tremendous improvement.
1: Well, that's great, and I'm going to – anytime you have a serious call to action for the listener, I want you to come tell us about it. And and I have to say the reason I'm interested – I am very cynical when it comes to government, uh, and I realize that part of the reason – and I'm willing to compromise – I don't believe in the territorial monopoly of the use of force, but I'm willing to compromise if the if we really were abiding by the American experiment, the Bill of Rights and the system of government that we have and and upholding those rights and protections. I would I would consent to that, actually. But there are two big reasons I don't like the um, I have no faith is that one that looks like the candidates are all selected for us by um, you know, big money and big media. And then the other part is that I really have no faith that who we elect actually is the person who takes office. So I feel like if we could restore some election integrity, I might feel like that is a positive step that we can actually take to try to restore, um, the potential of, uh, you know, the American experiment.
0: That's my favorite. Uh, exactly. And you, you explained that so well on your show about the American experiment being history. And uh, it's, uh, it's just, uh, I think you're right on both counts. That's exactly what we need to do. Yeah. So
1: we got to do something. I, I complain a lot, and, uh, and I, I want to start doing something. So let's do it. But what are your thoughts on the Russian topic?
0: Yeah, so I've, I have some information that I think dovetails so well with what your first segments. And, and basically, uh, I'm in touch with all of the election integrity advocates around the country. Um, we don't have any evidence that the Russian government manipulated election results. I know of no evidence that exists in that regard. What, there is evidence um, that the Russian government may have manipulated public opinion, but so has the CIA. If you remember back in the Church Committee um, in the late 70s, they found that the CIA had 200 media assets to manipulate public opinion. Operation Mockingbird. So, that's exactly right. So what I'm fascinated is that all this emphasis is on um, Russia, but not on uh, the domestic manipulation of public opinion that uh, is happening from the CIA through the news media.
1: Yeah, the fox in the hen house.
0: Exactly, exactly. And then the other thing that we do know, and we, we and I have talked about just briefly, was that there were individuals from, apparently from Russia and other countries, as you were saying, the IP addresses may show that, and they hacked into the uh, voter registration databases in certain states. So uh, that, though, was primarily for identity theft, because like in our case, in Georgia, the... Uh, Voter registration information was wide open for anyone to hack in, and that included the names, addresses, and social security numbers of all 6.7 million voters in the state of Georgia.
1: So this is what I want to talk to you about. I, I When I hear they hacked into voter registration data, I think that it is for identity theft purposes. But there's another uh, potential of abuse, which actually affects the election directly, which is when they, they hack into actual election data. And I, and I have to say, I didn't really um, understand the seriousness when I heard the stories about what happened at Kennesaw State. And the last time you were on, you did tell us about that in depth, uh, about an audit that you did on that. Is it possible for you to just recap in a couple of sentences that and then tell us about the development of this week pertaining to that?
0: And we have like four minutes to do it to to try to sum that up. um, The elections, our elections data was left exposed on a public Web server for what appears to be years.
1: Election Um, data, not voter registration
0: data. Well, actually, both right, so that's a great point, so it was the we talked about last time it was all the voter registration database, the elections databases there were files that had supervisor passwords in it, in them uh documents, they had instructions on how to uh update. Uh, databases, and all kinds of executables that you could use to hack and manipulate an election, all sitting on a public web server. And just to, since a lot of folks are not in the technology business, that is such a no-no, because you always put your critical election data on an application server behind a firewall, and you only put what you want the public to see on a public web server. They should never be commingled.
1: And you, yeah. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah. And it, it sounds to me, uh, according to this week's developments, that you think that was beyond negligent and actually
0: criminal, correct? Well, that's right. So we were appalled uh, at what had happened, and it appeared to be that the Center for Election Systems uh, was the culprit in that, and that. I want to try to distinguish between them and Kennesaw State University, because the Center for Election Systems is a separate unit that operates under contract between the Secretary of State's office and Kennesaw State. They uh, are essentially working for Kennesaw State, but they report to the Secretary of State's office. So the Secretary of State should have had oversight on all these Center for Election Systems. That's their job, right? That's the job of the Secretary of State. Well exactly uh, that's exactly right that's their job so um, the so Kennesaw State was actually helpful in trying to close this breach that, we, that or the vulnerabilities that uh, existed, and they didn't get a whole lot of cooperation from the Center for election systems and as we delve deeper into it in the last couple of weeks, we realize that the responsibility of this goes back to the Secretary of State. Um so I can walk you through uh in this what we believe uh were uh, a series of events that uh oversight events that the Secretary of State should have been uh, involved in and overseeing and those, when you compile them all together, they lead to what we believe to be criminal negligence. Um, Just to give you a few examples, um, Secretary Kemp allowed this critical elections data, as I mentioned, to be exposed on a public web server for what we believe to be years. And it may even predate uh, Brian Kemp to even before he he took office in 2010. Um, And when this data was discovered and the story broke in March, um, he did not conduct a, a breach assessment to determine who had hacked in and what, what what the damage might have been. That would have been the standard procedure to 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 do at that point in time. Uh, they didn't have any backups of the election data, um, and then when they found that out and got the data server back from the FBI, who had the Kansas they had turned it over to them to investigate. When they they still did not make a backup of the data when they got the the data back, and then they set a, a set about to destroy the elections data, um, and in direct uh, conflict with the data retention policies of the secretary of state's office.
1: Okay, and so I got I gotta take a break, but so they actually destroyed their data, so now we do not have the data and cannot conduct forensics on if the election itself was hacked. We will never know that, correct?
0: Exactly. We should, we'll probably never know that.
1: Okay. And And after the break, I want to ask you a couple of questions. One about uh, what you did this week in response to that. And there's something really fascinating about why there isn't really, A paper trail about how and why decisions were made That's very interesting to me So uh, let's just hang on I'm going to take a quick break This is Monica Perez um, And Brad Binkley hosting Garland Fabrizio From VoterGA.org As our special guest local activist today This is Monica Perez Monica Perez Yeah, well,
0: you know That's just like uh, your opinion, man
1: On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB Here with Garland Fabrito, our uh, local election integrity activist, and uh, he just always has so much stuff I want to know that I'm going to launch right back into it. Garland, we were just talking about the election um, irregularities. We're not going to recap it again. If you want to listen to the podcast of this show, go to propagandareportdaily.com. It'll be up in a couple of days, commercial free, Um, but but. Uh, You found election irregularities, and what did you do this week in response to that? Because you are a man of action.
0: Well, this week, a group of citizens, Monica, filed a criminal complaint, and actually a series of five criminal complaints, against Secretary Kemp. Um, this is not a legal suit; this is a criminal complaint which we 've turned over to the public integrity unit of the Fulton county district attorney 's office. Uh, there are five uh, charges that we um, have put in there, uh, and we have legal citations, ten different legal citations, and um, uh, dozens of potential violations of of Georgia law, along with all the what we call the uh, irrefutable facts. Um, so, the, but the five charges we are, uh, one that Secretary Kemp was criminally negligent in exposing and destroying the Georgia election data. There's more to that we can come back and talk about in a minute, um, because we think there's a cover up there. Um, he uh, used his website last year to promote his gubernatorial campaign, uh, which is a direct violation of Georgia law. He had Facebook and Twitter links on the Secretary of State's website paid for at taxpayers' expense to link to his his gubernatorial campaign pages and social media. Then he also illegally changed uh, mandated ballot language in a split referendum by putting promotional language on there to try to get it passed a few years ago. Uh, He's never been able to explain why that was not a violation of law. And uh, just recently, he personally threatened an elector. Um, which is also another violation of law. You know, you can you can threaten organizations, but not personal electors. So uh, that was a little bit bizarre. And if you sum all this up, you've got multiple violations of oath of office, because when you take the oath, you are uh, sworn to uphold Georgia law. All right, hold that and
1: thought. Hold that thought. You said a couple of things I absolutely have to pick up on. Um, We've got to take a break, and then I want to talk about the cover-up. Uh, the sploss thing sounds like that's corruption and uh, and evidence of a blackout is what I wanted to talk about. Also, after the break, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez.
0: It's a manhouse! A
1: manhouse! On News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Saturdays from three to six. I Do not like to share my time because I never have enough time to talk about what I want to talk about. And now I got to share it with Binkley anyway, who always brings clips. And then, I mean, I just like I'm getting stepped on all over the place. So when I bring somebody on, you know, it's because I absolutely have to hear what he has to say. And he is proving highly worthwhile. I've got Garland Favrito, my favorite uh, election integrity activist here in Georgia. Telling us a fascinating story about what really, um, well, a a story that continues to unfold about the election irregularities. We heard the story about it was out of Kennesaw State. It's not really that. It was more out of the Secretary of State's office. Looks like, um, and we were uh, so Garland. Where we were in the story before we had to take a break was you filed a lawsuit. You very quickly, thankfully, and interestingly. Um, ticked off the five things that uh, it was all against the Secretary of State, Brian Kemp, is that correct? All those charges were against him personally?
0: Uh, that's, well, right, but, uh, Monica, that's correct, but it was actually not a lawsuit. It was a oh, criminal sorry. complaint.
1: Yes, with the DA uh, of Fulton County, that's right.
0: Exactly. Um, yes. So it's not a civil matter. This is, we believe it's criminal. Right. And, uh, we, we hope to take this to a grand jury and let the grand jury decide if, uh, we are right or not, and then that way, you know, if they think that we're right, then that, means you know, they should conduct an investigation.
1: Who has the power to make that decision of whether or not it's investigated?
0: The DA? uh, The the district attorney will, public integrity unit, will uh, have to investigate this as near as I can tell because they have jurisdiction because uh, the crimes committed in Fulton County, what we're alleging happened in Fulton County, that's where the Secretary of State's office is, so... Uh, they uh, should be obliged to present this evidence with our help to a grand jury, and then the grand jury should determine whether or not to indict Cramp for uh, uh, Mr. Kim for
1: Garland, would contract. you would you be willing to take a call? I have a caller. If I can, Alicia, is it possible for Joel to talk and for us to also have mm-hmm. Garland respond or not?
0: Yeah, I'd be glad. All to- right,
1: okay. Let's. I'll try to make it quick, but I feel like I like to get audience feedback in real time in case we're missing anything or if somebody disagrees or, um, sure. if people have questions. So let's go to Joel. Let's try to keep it quick. Joel, what you got?
0: Hey, Monica, I'll be quick. Uh, Garland, I was wondering, uh, you know, we had the uh, hacking and it seems to lead back to the, uh, CIA. So as far as the destruction of voter registration of materials and things like that, would that be, uh cia type deal i think can i just say
1: joel i think it was the homeland security thing are you talking about when kemp came out and said yeah
0: talking about monica
1: yeah okay garland let's uh let's hear that answer joel i'm gonna put you on hold Mm
0: Yeah, right. So we talked about that, Michael, a little bit um, earlier, but it was basically a diversion. So the Homeland Security may have uh, been testing and and they may have uh, actually done what Brian Kemp said in in trying to uh, hack in. Or at least test the, the security. But the issue is not the Homeland Security. The issue is that the election data was sitting wide open on a server for years for anybody to hack in and change the elections undetectable to a county elections director. So
1: really, was that perhaps, because I thought he was a hero for exposing that, and I thought he took that heroic stature to launch his gubernatorial campaign, but uh, there's a possibility that they were probing different election systems to find weaknesses and found them.
0: Uh, that's my understanding. It, it's, you're right, it's still not completely clear. Um, But it just isn't really relevant to the exposure of our data and the destruction of it that occurred at Kennesaw state.
1: Okay. I have so much more to talk to you about. I'm going to take one more call if you're willing, Garland. And, uh, and then I, I gotta, I gotta tick off some of this other stuff. Okay. Tom, Okay, Tom, you're on with Garland. Go.
0: Uh, Garland, I have to say that, uh, this sure smells of politics, the timing of your filing charges and all this with, with, uh-huh. You were running
1: for governor. Okay. Uh, thank no, you, Tom. I got it. I'm going to okay. put you on hold, yeah. and I want to hear Garland's answer.
0: Right. That's a fair question. Uh, that's a good question, and we've been asked that several times. So let me explain that. The uh, Georgia election data audit that we released, we just released that two weeks ago. When we found out that there was incredible, uh, evidence that we had no idea. I mean, we had, we had done hundreds of, of open records requests, um, over the past, uh, few, few, uh, Months and we finally put it all together. We were actually still doing open records requests in the last couple of weeks on this, so we wanted to hurry this out before it got more political. We were concerned that if we wait and you know Brian Kemp is in a runoff with um, Casey Cagle, it's going to look like we were supporting Casey Cagle. If we if he wins the nomination uh, and we bring it out then, it's going to uh, look like we were supporting uh, the Democrats. So we tried to get it out in, uh, while the pub for primary was still going on so that the republicans can clean up their own act before they go into the runoff
1: very good answer garland because i was wondering uh, if, if you got it out as soon as you could if you just got it out as soon as you could i would see that that you know, what else are you going to do? But um, well,
0: right. And I think what people understand, most of these allegations do go back to 2017. So the, the caller is correct. However, what they don't understand is the amount of research that went into this audit report that we released. Oh, uh, yes. Months of research.
1: Yes. That's what's interesting to me is that you got you drew a response from the Kemp campaign. Right. I, do you remember that quote?
0: I think- yes, I do, uh, uh, and this really disturbs me even more, because instead of just simply coming out and saying, here's where we are wrong, that's what we want to do, we want the grand jury to tell us where we're wrong, and Brian Kim could do that too, but instead as campaign uh, manager had attacked me personally for the second time, Orion Mahoney. The first thing he did is he tried to single me out. Uh, well, this was a group of five individuals who signed on it, and there were lots of people who wanted to sign on to it, and they, were, they wanted more and more people wanted to get on it So, because they were so upset about it. So basically he said uh, they refused to comment on uh, insane baseless um accusations by a tinful hat wearing conspiracy theorist who has too much time on his hands.
1: Which I have so, to say, what's crazy about that accusation is that what you put out is just reams and reams of facts. Exactly. It's not baseless so, conspiracy theory. And it takes a ton of time, which is why nobody else does it. They want you to not do it. They want you to not you don't have the time on your hands, you're committing the time.
0: Uh, well, exactly. I'd rather be taking vacation, you know, off in somewhere real. Yeah, some do
1: place. nothing. Have a cocktail.
0: Yeah, but what we we had to come out with this because the Secretary of State conducted an investigation into into this, and they issued a two-page report to investigate what we think is the greatest potential election fraud case in Georgia history, a two-page report that was uh, implemented uh, uh, or, or completed in three days. And back on October 26th, when Brian Kemp found out about this, he said it: the this was reckless behavior, inexcusable contact, gross incompetence, undeniable ineptitude. Four days later, he produces a report saying that the, the destruction of the data was standard procedure. So essentially what that report said, it was standard procedure to destroy the data without any backup in violation of the Secretary's data retention policies and without doing a breach assessment. Um, I mean, it's just it was. And
1: it took you months to investigate it. Right. So take them a couple of days. This is the official's.
0: Right. We had to do a 15-page report to investigate that two-page report. It was so bad. <laughs> uh, and because some of the things, just to give you an example of what was wrong with Secretary of State Kemp's report, uh, it failed to follow standard election investigation procedures whatsoever. And then it failed to investigate... Uh, why the data was destroyed, why without a backup, why it was exposed in the first place for years, why they didn't do a breach assessment when they found out about it, and why did they delete it in in, uh, direct conflict with the data retention policies of the Secretary of State's office.
1: Well, here's something I have to say in response to that, and then I want to move on to another topic, which is this. I when I first read all that uh, or came to understand that I thought well surely we can get to the answers of this because there are going to be emails out of the Secretary of State's office directing this stuff and we're we're going I mean just a basic transparency we're going to be able to see what happened when and why and and why do we not have that?
0: Oh, that's a great point, uh, Michael. So when we got into filing all these hundreds of open records requests. Um, We found out that Kennesaw State produced an after-action report to try to shut down some of the vulnerabilities and uh, some of the things that we're supposed to, you know, what we call standard best practices. Um, That report was pretty good. It was done by Kennesaw State University, not the Center for Election Systems. But in that report, there was an action item to format and reinstall the uh, exposed web server on an isolated network. That alone would not have been so bad, which essentially destroys the data, but the uh, director of IT there at Kennesaw State routed that over to the two directors in Center for Election Systems, and he said, please review this report. Uh, They never reviewed it. Uh, there's no evidence that anyone in the Secretary of State's office reviewed it. There's almost uh, hundreds of emails. There's only uh, a handful, probably less than six, of communications between the Secretary of State's office and the Center for Election Systems or Kennesaw State on this. And uh, we found out that the, uh, verbally, that the uh, Kennesaw State people were told not to send anything an email to the secretary of state's office that they should only call them first before they send them any email. So that's why almost no emails exist. Uh, I mean,
1: that's outrageous. This is, uh, this is about election integrity. These are our servants and, and this is how I want to, uh, I over understanding this, I, we have to take a break, but I, in understanding all this, I begin to really understand why, um, it looked that the secretary of state position is so important. And I feel going into the primary this week, I would love I, I, I feel like you're nonpartisan. I don't even know what uh, party, if any, you prefer. Um, and I know you have kind of across the board assessment of the secretary of state race. I'd like to hear that. I'm going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to have to talk fast, though, because I knew we'd be running out of time with you, Garland. Uh, this is Monica Perez. Stay tuned. Monica Perez And now for something completely different On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB Garland Favorito with us He is the election integrity expert here in Georgia And I want to know if you, Garland, in two minutes flat Can give us a uh, comprehensive assessment of the Secretary of State race As uh, it's going on for the May 22nd primary That's this week Go
0: Okay, so um, the secretary, we're, we're always upset about the Secretary of State's office because candidates use this to run for governor, and they just use it as a parking place, and they never do the actual job. We've seen it with Kathy Cox, Karen Handel, and, and Brian Kemp. So on the Republican side, there's four candidates running. Uh David Belisle, the mayor of, Atlanta, of Alpharetta has never been to a state election board meeting, never been to a science and technology meeting, never been to uh, an election legislative meeting. Uh, He's never reached out to me, even though he knows me pretty well, and uh, he's never seen my presentation. He really does not understand the elections. aspects of, of the Secretary of State's office, nor does Brad Raffensperger, and in, in fairness, uh, I hate to, to pick on him because he lost his son recently, but most of these guys appear to me to be simply wanting to park at the Secretary of State's office for eight years and then run for governor. Uh, so that leaves you on the Republican side with Buzz Brockway and Josh McCoon. Buzz has uh, basically opposed almost everything we have done down there in the House, um he would not prohibit unverifiable voting we tried to uh... outlaw the um votes hidden in barcodes which is unverifiable that's the new the new wave of unverifiable voting we couldn't get Buzz to go along with that we did get uh... josh McCoon to do that over and the whole senate ethics committee they put some language into their bill which was great uh... didn't quite do what we expected but that was our fault so uh... i was on a panel this week um, this just actually just earlier today, and with conservatives around the uh entire North metro area, all counties and they were we were all unanimous for uh josh McCune for on the republican side um, on the democratic side uh basically the Democrats have announced have basically anointed john barrow uh john I'm encouraged with uh because he suggested in his debate to decertify the machines. Right now, use optical scans surplus machines to conduct elections. We can do that. Um, that is, uh, we can do that. We could fund those out of my retirement account. They're so cheap. <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, the House Republicans are saying they have to pass legislation, which is flat, not true. Um, on the Libertarian side, Mike Dufo will be the, the Libertarian candidate. I'm very encouraged with him as well. Because Smythe actually came to my presentation and decided to run for Secretary of State after seeing what was wrong. And he's done a great job of educating himself. So he's going to be a factor. So assuming That's it. that it.
1: Time's yeah, up, Garland. I think you got it done. Thank you so okay. much. I knew it would take the whole hour. To pick your brain, and I still have half of my questions left. So um, I'm going to get you back on during this. is a big election year in Georgia. You're going to be my guy. Thank you very much for listening. This is Monica Perez with the great help of Brad Binkley. And you can get the podcast on PropagandaReportDaily.com. Thank you.